Good evening. The passage is taken from Luke chapter 12, verses 22 to 34. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than the birds? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, ye of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. The pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, John. Hello again, everyone. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your words in the Bible. Thank you for the Gospel of Luke, this eyewitness account of the life of your son Jesus and his teaching that we come to and reflect on tonight. Would you come by your Holy Spirit and speak to us, Lord, and help us and uh, show us your face. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we're, we're looking tonight um, at worry. And uh, this, uh, at the moment, uh, so at St. Paul's, we're going through Luke's Gospel, and in this section of Luke, um, we're going through a, a kind of block of Jesus' teaching about what it looks like to be a Christian, what, what the Christian life is involves, and particularly Jesus is like zeroing in on um, you know, material possessions and the, and the danger of money and, and the danger of thinking we can just rely on ourselves. Thank you very much. The preceding passage that Jesus has just told, the parable of the rich fool, um, this story he tells about someone who has a great harvest, make, makes a lot of money, and thinks, I know, I'll knock down my barns, build even bigger ones. So 
later on in life, I'll be absolutely sorted. Only problem was the man died before he could uh, enjoy any of that wealth and he didn't use it at all. Um, and so that's why uh, our passage starts with Jesus saying, therefore, uh, he, he's kind of continuing uh, to dig into this and begins to talk about worry. Um, so w- what is worry? Uh, that's the first question for us to consider. I've got a little picture here. I wonder, how do you relate to this? You see this? This is a, I don't know just about you, but Facebook has been, like, has been showing me loads of meme groups at the moment. I don't know if it's a thing, maybe it's just a thing for me. But uh, this is one of them uh, on a Christian meme group on Facebook. Um, God, I have a plan for your life. <laughs> what it feels like, that, that kid. I wonder if you can relate to that um, tonight. Uh, the Greek word for, for worrying, the New Testament is written in Greek, um, is merimnau, fun little word. It means to be apprehensive, to be anxious, to be overly concerned. This is what Jesus is talking to us about. Now, um, a really important thing to say about something worry is not Worry is not not being a good enough Christian or uh, not having enough faith. Uh, and if, uh, those of us who do worry a lot, it's very easy to hear Jesus saying, uh, verse 28 of our passage, you have little faith, isn't it? And, and to feel like so discouraged, like the, the reason that we're worrying is because we don't have enough faith. Um, but I just want to say we need to balance that with verse 32. A little bit later on, did you hear Jesus called those he's talking to, my little flock? Balance the two. Jesus, yes, he calls us to worry less. Yes, his heart is for us to not be anxious and fearful. Um, and in a sense, to have more faith. Uh, this, this isn't a kind of uh, get out of get out of jail thing, but also he cares for us. He cares for you. You're a sheep in his little flock that he loves. And Jesus focuses in on daily provision, doesn't he? Food, clothes, and these are some of the most basic human survival uh, needs. Uh, And many people, even today, um, are in this place um, of need. In fact, Nearly a third of the world's population, did you know, uh, live with moderate to severe food insecurity, where getting food on the table every day is a worry. And here in the UK, 7% of the population, that's nearly 5 million people, are in food poverty. And, and uh, I mean, this isn't a surprise uh, to any of us, is it? Here at St. Paul's, we run a food bank. Um, and along with food banks all across the country, we're seeing a massive increase um, in the need um, and, and the use um, of those. I just want to say, if you are in a position actually where uh, this is a big worry and a struggle for you, here at St. Paul's we do have a hardship fund, this fund we set up at the start of the COVID pandemic, um, and there, is, there are resources there Uh, that we can make available to you. Please do come and talk to Eleanor or myself um, if we can help you in that way. But that's what Jesus particularly focusing in on. Um, And in the first century context, got to remember, 
Um, there's no electricity or refrigeration. Um, there's no sliced bread with the preservatives. You know, you lived each day. When we pray that Lord's Prayer, Jesus taught his disciples, give us today our daily breads, because bread only lasts a day. Um, and we trust God, uh, Jesus teaches us, um, for each day. But I want to suggest, even if we're fortunate enough not to have to worry um, about uh, shelter and about what we're going to eat each day, um, we're not immune from worry, are we? Uh, we can worry about all sorts of things. I found this diagram helpful on this slide. This is uh, what's called a Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. You might have come across it um, in the 1940s. Uh, this um, psychologist came up with this theory that, that it's like there's a pyramid of different kinds of needs, starting with the very kind of basic survival ones, so physiological, that's what Jesus is on about here. It says air, water, food, shelter, sleep, these things we absolutely need. Um, once you've got that, if you're secure there, then the next one up is safety needs, you know, personal security, employment, health. And, and it goes up, and so on, and so on. And uh, the idea is that the, the thing that you worry about most, and perhaps as Lizzie led us to pray for ourselves just now, I wonder what was the thing that you prayed for? And perhaps does it fit neatly in one of these, um, one of these levels on the pyramid? The idea is, you know, it's kind of the lowest thing that we need. That's where tends to be where the worry really kicks in, and all of us um, are going to experience that um, in different ways. It could look like loneliness, or low self-esteem, or an uncertainty of your purpose. Um, that's, it can cause us to feel a bit like that boy on the roller coaster, you know, just holding on and uh, uh, gripping on for dear life. But uh, the key question I want uh, us to ponder uh, now as we, uh, as we look to Jesus and what he says to us in this Bible passage, this is the question that I feel the Lord really was impressing on my heart um, as uh, I spent some time with this passage preparing to preach um, in the last couple of weeks. The question is this, what if God wants to use you and meet you in the very thing that you're worried about? What if God wants to use you in the very thing that you are worried about? Whether that's hunger or debt or unemployment or bereavement or loneliness or restriction. And I'm going to offer a few thoughts from the passage now. And um, at the end, I'm going to invite us to have a time to pray. Um, and actually, I'm going to invite us to pray together in small groups. I'm giving you a heads up now. Um, please, there is no pressure here uh, either to, to take part in that or to share what you're worried about. I'm not saying we're going to get to the end of this and you're going to have to share it. We can just, just pray for each other. But to, to have that posture to pray um, is, is where... Uh, we're heading, but please don't worry about it. Um, but I, I think it will be uh, very helpful for us. Okay, three things from, um, from our passage tonight from Jesus. Three things to look to. The first is this. Jesus says, look to nature. 
Look to nature in our worries. I'll just read again verses 24 and 27 uh, from the passage. And you might want to grab a Bible or grab your Luke's handbook um, and track along uh, with us as we go through here. Jesus says, consider the ravens. They don't sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? And then ahead to 27. Consider how the wildflowers grow. They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Jesus tells us, look to nature. See the birds. See the flowers. The key point here is that God sustains us. God sustains life. Ravens and flowers. The, the, uh, the, the picture here for our background, for our slides tonight, is taken um, in Galilee, in the Holy Land. Uh, this is where Jesus spent a lot of time. This is where he grew up. This is where he spent a lot of time ministering and teaching. And um, I've been to the Holy Land once. It was in the summer. And uh, it's entirely like brown, um, almost desert. And lots of, lots of uh, where it is in the Middle East is desert. But in the spring, the rains come and these flowers will pop up everywhere. So I wonder if Jesus, as he's, as he's teaching here, there's the flowers just growing uh, beside. And he points, look at the flowers. Look how beautiful they are. Look how they've sprung up out of seemingly nothing. Uh, God cares and sustains them. Um, the, uh, some think that Jesus may well have been talking particularly about a purple flower, a particular purple flower um, that grew um, in Galilee. And look, we've got some flowers actually tonight uh, from Lucy and Ethan's wedding um, from earlier in the weekend. How beautiful these are. Um, and yet they're here today, but very soon these, these, aren't, these have been plucked, so they're going to, to shrivel up very soon. But here they are, even now, a few days later, and are very beautiful. Um, and ancient kings and queens would wear purple clothes because purple dye was really hard to, to get, really hard to make, and very expensive. Um, and so, the, you know, and we, we even see King Charles in his purple finery. But Jesus is saying, look at these flowers. They're purple just by themselves. God's made them that way. They don't tr- have to try at all. Uh, God provides and sustains I wonder if a, a modern equivalent for the birds and flowers might be the squirrels and dandelions in our gardens. You know, like they're just fine, aren't they? They're, often they're doing a bit too fine. I don't know about you. Uh, the, the, the lawn, uh, your lawn at home or out in the park, you think the dandelions, nothing stops them, <laughs> uh, does it? Because God provides uh, what they need. They don't need to fret because he provides for them. Now, Jesus is not saying we just sit back and God just drops everything into your lap, are we? I mean, the birds, they've got to go out and catch the worms, don't they? But they, they do so with this instinct of knowing that it's there, don't they? That's what Jesus is saying. So whatever we're worrying about, God is able to provide. I know that sounds really trite, doesn't it? And you might be thinking, the, the situation I'm really fretting about seems so big and so impossible, but this is what Jesus says, God is able to provide for whatever your situation. And what if God wants to use you in that very thing, in the very thing that worries you? 
I came across this beautiful uh, quote from um, an early church leader, a guy called Ambrose. He was a bishop in Milan in Italy in the fourth century, and he's reflecting um, on this passage. And uh, one way you can, you can translate the wildflowers is lilies, and so he's, he's looking at lilies here, and he has this wonderful idea, image of, it's like God's planted this garden, and he's cultivating this garden, and each of us are like flowers, and we produce this wonderful scent, you know, which, uh, which communicates something of God's love to those who pass by. He writes this, It's pleasing to note that lilies spring not from the barrenness of mountains and the wildness of forests, but from the loveliness of gardens. They're grown for a purpose. He goes on to say, wherever there's integrity, chastity, piety, faithful silence of secrets, the radiance of angels, there are the violets of confessors. That's those who who tell others about Jesus, about the good news um, of God. Um, the lilies of virgins, those who live a pure life, uh, and the roses of martyrs, those who suffer uh, for the sake of the gospel. So even as we struggle with the things that worry us, that, that really eat us up, God can use us to be those flowers that, that uh, communicate something of the beauty um, and the the sustaining power of God. So let's look to nature. Second, look to God. Uh, Verses 31 and 32 in our passage, Jesus goes on to say, but seek his, that's God's kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Look to God. Here's the key point. God has a plan for you. He has a purpose for your life uh, and whatever situation that you find yourself in. Seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. You know, God has a, a way of taking our difficult situations, our disappointments, our fears, and turning them into something beautiful. And uh, it's often only when we look back that we see him doing that. Um, and I, I know certainly from my own life, and um, others will be able to, to testify to that as well. And when Jesus says, seek God's kingdom here, there's a, there's a nuance in the, in the Greek uh, that, that is being written here. Um, the Greek has this idea of the, what's called the continuous present. So when Jesus says, seek the kingdom of God, it doesn't just mean go and find it, oh, and then you've got it. Great, that's good. I know where it is now. Instead, this is this idea of seek it, but keep on seeking. It's like we're, we have a habit of seeking God's kingdom. Does that make sense? It's not something you, you find, you think, yeah, right, okay, I've got it. I've become a Christian now. That's okay. I've, I've found the kingdom. There's always more for us to discover, and particularly when we find ourselves in difficult situations that cause us uh, to really worry. It's, um, I wonder if it's a bit like uh, a wonderful view when you, I love to go hiking up in the Lake District, and I did a little bit when I was in Galilee, but it's really hot. <laughs> um, actually went up 
a friend and I went up to watch the sunrise over, over the Sea of Galilee, and we went, obviously, before dawn, and we were, like, sweating even before the sun had come up. It was so hot. Uh, but you get up, and so you get to, the, get to the summit, and you see this wonderful view. And it's like, you could, it's not a case of, oh, I've seen that now, it's all right. There's, there's something, it, it keeps on giving. You know, you keep, find, you keep seeing more and more things, and, and you, you visit the same hill, same mountain, num- number of times, and you always see something new. I feel like it's like that in the kingdom of God. Seek his kingdom, because there's always more uh, to discover and to receive um, from God. So again, what if God wants to use you in the very thing you're worried about? What if God wants to meet with you in that vista as you seek his kingdom? And third, Jesus says, look to the poor. You notice, we started, Jesus says, don't worry what, uh, you know, don't worry about money, about what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear. And then he finishes with, give to the poor, give to those who need it. What's going on here? Verses 33 and 34, this is what Jesus says. He says, sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that won't wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. As we're thinking about the poor, uh, let's remember that pyramid of needs and and where perhaps our own worries are located there. It's not just just talking about those who um, don't have enough uh, financially important, uh, although that is. But also, it's, it's very possible to be poor relationally um, or to be in a, a place of despair, you know, and that, uh, to be poor in spirit, Jesus talks about elsewhere um, in uh, the Gospels. So let's look to uh, the poor. It's so easy, isn't it, for worry to, to like turn our perspective inward so we get kind of just really preoccupied about our own uh, needs and our own, our own fears. But Jesus calls us to turn it outward, turn that worry outward. How can we do that? And let God use us to help others. Um, I love Tolkien, J.R.R. Tolkien, Lord of the Rings. Most of you know that. Here's a quote from uh, Lord of the Rings, a golden quote. This is Aragorn speaks to Pippin, one of the hobbits, um, and says this, one who cannot cast away a treasure in need is in fetters. One who can't cast away a treasure in need is in fetters, is, is kind of bound, is imprisoned. You know, if we hold on to what we have, uh, as meager as perhaps we might think it is, um, then it's, it's actually not freedom, but it's imprisonment. Um, and, and that is very aptly demonstrated. Jesus tells that story about the rich fool who just held on to his wealth um, and actually was imprisoned by it and never got to enjoy it. And Jesus' own example, the example of God, God is God who gave up everything, didn't he? Let me read to you from Philippians chapter 2. I've not given this to Daniel, so uh, this may not come up on the screen. Sorry, Daniel. Um, these are verses about Jesus. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard 
equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness and being found in human form. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. God does not see your worry and just kind of sit up there in heaven and go, that's okay. God came down to be with us. In, he sent his son, fully God and fully human, who lived amongst us, um, who died in our place on the cross for our sin, all our, all our the kind of evil poison in the human heart. Jesus went to the cross for us and, and was raised to new life. What if God wants to use you and me in the very thing that we are worried about. If you're worried about money tonight, well, actually, you're probably in a really good position to help support those who are really worried about their own finances. If you're worried about employment tonight, God can really use you to help those who themselves are unemployed or perhaps are struggling with vocation or purpose if you're worried about your family tonight, could you support those families around you who are really struggling? If you're worried about your purpose and your future tonight, then Jesus can use you to help others who are in the same position. It's, I know it's a hard thing, but I feel like God is asking us, how can we, out of a place of, it might feel like so, so weak, so much weakness, but God can use that. How can we, God, we can allow God to turn our, our perspective on these things. And in doing so, Jesus tells us it's like we're laying up true riches in heaven, uh, which is where life truly begins. This is the real deal. This is the bank account that uh, no bailiffs uh, can take from no hackers, no politicians, no crises, uh, no lost pin numbers, no personal circumstances can touch. And you know, this, this life that we live as human beings is a passing thing. The Bible often talks about the, the human lifespan being, it's, it's like a breath, or it's like uh, you know, it's like flowers, as, as Jesus picks up on in our passage, you know, that only here for a little time. Um, and eternity is what awaits us. So I want to kind of come into land by, um, by reading this, this from Psalm 103. This is a Hebrew poem from the Old Testament which reflects on this. It says, The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But... From everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. From everlasting to everlasting, God's love is with us. What a promise. What a promise uh, for us in the, the depths in the valleys, and if we might feel tonight like we're just really struggling, um, worrying about situations. 
So we're going to have a time to pray uh, for and with one another now. We're going to spend a few minutes um, to do this. And um, this is something actually, it's, it's a very natural part of being a Christian. We pray for each other, we pray for one another. And always at the end of our services at St. Paul's, we offer prayer ministry. You have a team who will be here um, at the front on the, on the right at the end of the service. But um, for now, I'm going to invite you, if, if, you're, if you're willing, and there's no pressure, if you would prefer just to sit and, and to think or to pray by yourself, that's absolutely fine. But I'd like to invite us to get into threes if we can and if you're up for it um, joining with people who perhaps you didn't come to church with tonight um, to shall we try and arrange ourselves into threes and if, if you'd rather not just just say to those around you I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do this um, by myself but I'll, I'll give you a little moment to, to get into those threes and just to just to reiterate there is no pressure to share what you're worried about, although if you're, if you're up for that, that's great. 